Welcome to the TEFL Training Institute podcast, the bite-sized TEFL podcast for teachers, trainers, and managers. Hi, everyone. Hi. So, as you know, Tracy, one of my favorite things I get most passionate about in teaching and training is doing things on a meta level, doing like loop input or making a listening activity that's about listening. And today we're doing a podcast about <laughs> podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> like Inception or something. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so today we're talking about what can podcasting do for English language teaching? And we're going to interview two people that have got even more experience doing podcasts than we do. So we have Rob and Matt from Tevology Podcast on our podcast today. Hi, Rob. Hi, Matt. Do you want to introduce yourselves? Uh, all right. So um, my name's Rob, Rob Lowe, uh, the same as the actor. I work at a university in Tokyo. Um, I've been in Japan for about 10 years and uh, we started doing the podcast back in uh, 2014. And unfortunately, there's only two of us uh, today. Uh, Matthew Schaefer is uh, unavailable, but um, but yes, yeah, it's, it's me and... And I'm, I'm the other Matt. I'm Matt Turner. I've been in Japan around the same time as Rob. Actually. Yeah, we met in our, in the same job. Yeah, so and we've almost we've pretty much kind of followed each other to different jobs ever <laughs> since. Yeah, and I do very sort of similar work to Rob. I work in the university and teach English. Great. So as usual, we've got three questions that we're going to also answer with the guys. So the first question is: How can listening to podcasts help teacher develop? And the second one: How can teachers use podcasts with students? And the third question. How creating your own podcast help you develop as a teacher? So before we get into the questions, Rob and Matt, you guys have just written a book about podcasting and how it relates to English language teaching. Um, so with the, the book we, we started working on um, about a year and a half ago. It's published by The Round, and the focus of the book is on podcasting as a form of professional development. So we were thinking about how our own professional development is in terms of, you know, encountering new topics and doing little research projects and things like that, and how we've learned a lot from having to kind of uh, try and explain it in very basic ways to, to the people listening to the podcast. And, and to each other. I think, yeah, a lot of the time we're, we're introducing new things to each other. That's that's another element, another kind of dimension to it. We're, in, we're, we're having these discussions with each other but I think the original idea was that we didn't just want to keep these discussions to ourselves like, you know. these are the kind of discussions that we were having after work we, we all used to work at the same university and these were the, the things we would talk about in you know in the bar after work so Rob and Matt do you have any examples hmm. or stories of your listener and how they use your podcast to develop we've um I mean we've seen a few examples and we, we often put these on our website where bloggers have actually said I listen to the Tefology podcast in fact there's one reviewer that reviews all of our episodes it, it's perhaps something that we could we could do more is is kind of uh, get more of a, a community going around some of the topics that we talk about what he does is I talked about he first mentions what we talked about and then he immediately kind of relates it to his own teaching content yeah yeah so a couple of times I in Amazon reviews in emails and and comments and things that we've uh, discovered by googling ourselves people have 
um, commented, oh, I'm, I'm a, a master's student. And, you know, quite often the topics that I'm studying come up in this podcast and they, they give me ideas for my assignments and things like that. So that's, yeah, that's, that's one thing we've kind of come across. Yeah, yeah, from teachers who are undergoing professional development already. So it's kind of a supplement, I guess. We also have um, one of our former interviewees, uh, Richard Smith. He works in Warwick University in the UK. For him, at least, he said that because we're, we're talking about kind of a lot of the time we're talking about historical figures or I guess kind of fringe figures from the world of uh, Tissot or Tefl. He's told us that it's really nice to kind of have share the, these people with a wider audience and kind of get their get their voices heard again. Uh, I, I've, I've started um, reviewing uh, kind of debates in journals and we, we quite often get uh, comments from people saying oh, that was that was useful um, because they, they don't read journals themselves so to have things kind of summarised and the different points laid out like that I think uh, is, is quite helpful for some people. Yeah, I think, it, I think it offers like another point of entry into research, I guess. We're not, at least, we're not trying to be lofty and academic, you know, we're just trying to respond to these papers in as anyone else would, I guess. And Tracy, you've used our podcast uh, on teacher training courses before, right? What, what, what have you done with it? So usually I send the podcast to them before the training started and as a pre-task. So they will have the basic idea and what the topic is and they will have some basic information before they sit in the training sessions because I think it's really kind of wasted a lot of time to go through the fundamental stuff with the teachers and um, also they feel more prepared and they won't feel embarrassed you know it's like the students in the classroom if they have no idea what the teacher is talking about and they probably don't want to answer the questions I think it's also kind of reduce the effective filters in the training sessions. Yeah, it's also maybe a little bit like flipping the classroom in that if you can give the input before the training, you can sort of flip the training, mm-hmm. I think, and do more practice and more discussion in mm-hmm. the training rather than mm. concentrating so much on input. Yeah, and I usually give them um, questions to think about not just listen to the podcast because you know like reading you want the students to focus on gist or details uh, maybe read between lines and then refer it to their own experience i think it's the same thing and not just listen to two people or three people are talking and they have to know you know how this relates to my own teaching or work context great i you i also use it in the training sometimes because it's weird that I experience or I sit in a lot of trainings when I was a teacher and also when I'm doing training, it seems that we tend to use reading materials. But why don't we try to balance uh, having some input using listening material? Yeah, good point. We can yeah. also yeah. use the podcast um, as a post-training activity, as a homework or follow-up activity. It's like a review for teachers and they can review the key points that from the training. So how can teachers use podcasts with their students? Yeah, do, do you guys have much in your book about teachers, examples of teachers using podcasts with students? Um, well, the, the book's really about making podcasts. So, for example, uh, we talk about creating podcasts for learners. We, we lay out several different ways that uh, creating a podcast from learner, for learners can help teachers to improve things like their teacher talk, to try out ideas before using them in the classroom, to get feedback from a large audience of, of learners that you might not be able to get from your, your learners in the classroom uh, and that kind of thing. So I think definitely making podcasts is important in that way. And actually, when we were writing the book, we did 
did some research into some teachers that are doing that with their students. And um, yeah, one of, one of the things that the person that we spoke to said was that he kind of sees podcasting as an extension of his classroom. So he has a physical classroom, but he also has a, an online kind of bank of materials that he directs his students to. And um, I think on another level, he also gets his students involved in the production of the podcast too. Hmm, that sounds really interesting. <laughs> actually, I've never you know thought about it before. Yeah. Do you know of anyone that's actually gets students to record a podcast? Like I can remember when I was working with uh, like teens I would sometimes get them to do uh, like a video project where you have to do something with the, the target language and, and make a little video mm. and then present it to the class but I wonder if anyone's ever done that with students with a podcast yeah. well the the first person that we ever interviewed on the podcast um, he was involved in it it was like a kind of a model United Nations type thing at a Japanese university so students were kind of acting as, as kind of commentators on the event and he was recording kind of like podcasts not not really least podcasts but radio shows of the students discussing what's going on on that day's uh, events and that kind of thing and yeah he, he seemed to be very positive about the activity So you guys have been making podcasts for four years right I'm sure you benefit from this a lot otherwise you would probably have stopped long time ago <laughs> so can you just actually tell us you know how making your own podcast help you develop as a teacher yeah or how has it helped you in other ways maybe professionally mm -hmm. Tom Farrell in his teacher development materials, he talks about critical friendships where uh, teachers get together and discuss a particular issue in their classroom and kind of develop through their discussion and suggesting new ideas and, and that kind of thing and we've developed this kind of critical co-presentership where we go away and we do these little research projects and then we bring ideas to the podcast. Uh, we try not to share any of uh, what we're going to talk about before we actually hit record. So two of us have no idea what the topic the other one will talk about will be. And we, we critically interact with each other's yeah. ideas yeah. and make suggestions. And uh, um, actually one comment we got uh, on on a review of the podcast was uh, was uh, that, you know, no no claim goes unchallenged. So, yeah, so I think in, in that sense, it's been quite useful. Um, also, the selection of topics, like another, another thing people have said is that it's nice to hear people who aren't experts talk about ELT. Like, I, I do consider myself an expert on certain areas, but I never talk about those areas because I already know about those areas. And for, for us, the most interesting thing is learning new things about the field. So we go away and do these mini research projects on things that we don't know about. And so we have to learn something in order to present it on the podcast. Yeah. So we're not experts in really anything that we talk about, or very rarely. Definitely, yeah. There's a lot of like the, the what they do in like reflective practice that goes into what we do on our podcast. I think we're getting better at questioning each other. I, I'd like to think we're getting better at um, actually listening to what we're saying to each other and just trying to ask the critical questions. Yeah, and I think also we, we have interviews of well-known or, or not so well-known people. And part of doing the interviews is having to go away and read the books and articles that these people have written. And, and again, quite often, these aren't things that we know a lot about. So it's another opportunity for us to learn. And if there's something we don't understand, we can ask them in the interview. So it's, it's helped us learn a lot more about the field, like get a much a, a much wider view of applied linguistics and of language teaching than, than we would have had before. Um, and Matt 
talks about this in our ebook. We're actually broadening our professional network, basically. We're through our podcast. I mean, we're speaking to you, for example. We probably never spoken to you if it wasn't for our podcast. We've met people through Twitter. Like, as soon as we got onto Twitter, it just opened a whole world of language teachers doing general development. And we, we weren't aware of that before. And I, I know a lot of my colleagues that I work with in schools and universities, they don't have that element to their professional lives. Have you had the same kind of experience with doing your podcast of, uh, of, of you know, learning more about the field and that kind of thing? Or have, or have you had a different sort of aim for doing it? Yeah, exactly. Um, I feel for certain topics that I'm really familiar with and I felt, oh, I have a chance to summarize everything either I did or I saw or I read about and then put all them together and just like shuffle the cards and see how I can arrange them in a more logical way. And because I have all this information in my brain. So I think that's a really good way for me to make everything more systematic. Uh, when I want to use it, I know which part I can just take. Yeah. Another thing, definitely I feel a lot of information I either talk with people or using my training based on the research I did for the podcast. How about you, Ross? Yeah, I, I think for me, sometimes it's if we're interviewing someone that really is an expert on something, then that that's sometimes a chance to learn a bit more that you maybe wouldn't normally learn. And, and you end up asking more questions than you would in a bar because they would just <laughs> find you were really, really annoying. But if you're you're having an interview with them for a podcast, mm. then I think it's, it's different. And then the other thing I think it makes me do is sometimes look at different topics in a new light. So maybe thinking about like, you know, I might be listening to or reading something about ethics or morality and I might start thinking, oh, how can we make a podcast out of that and apply those ideas to language teaching or cognitive biases? How does that apply to language teaching? So mm. the, the process of thinking about new material, mm. I think, is quite creative and enjoyable. Rob, Matt, thanks very much for joining us. Do you, do you want to tell everyone your website and where they can find your podcast? Yeah, so, I mean, our website is um, teflology-podcast.com. It's got all of our old episodes. Obviously, if you want to subscribe to it, you can find it on iTunes by typing Teflology. Our book... Yeah, the book is what's well, available from The Round, which is, is it the hyphen round.com? The hyphen round.com, yeah. 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 And it's also on Amazon. Uh, the title's Podcasting and Professional Development, a Guide for English Language Teachers. Great. Thanks for coming on. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye. For more podcasts, videos, and blogs, visit our website www.tefotraininginstitute.com If you've got a question or a topic you'd like us to discuss, leave us a comment. And if you want to keep up to date with our latest content, add us on WeChat at Tefo Training Institute. And if you enjoyed our podcast, please rate us on iTunes. Mm-hmm.